Here at Abbott Nation, we're all about helping you pragmatically improve and optimize your health, strength, and mindset inside and out. In this episode of Adapt Nation, episode number six, we interview a close friend and comedian by the name of Joe Ball. Joe Ball is a great comic. He's been at it for about 12 years or so. Um, he's a creative, he's a writer, producer, director, uh, and a social media mogul. Most importantly, he's a dad, he's a family man, and he's in his mid-30s. And he, like many others, has undergone some trials and tribulations, some successes and failures as it relates to you know, body composition, health and fitness. And he puts it all out there, a raw and honest reflection on his journey, a funny discussion, and one hopefully many of you can relate. We hope you enjoy. So Los Angeles, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just booked it. I normally book a package though. But I put I booked uh, I've just booked flights and now I've made a mistake because it's the same time as the Oscars, so like everything's booked up. It's the same time everyone goes there apparently. All oh, right, so all the hotels so are going to be super expensive. Yeah, it's everything's booked up, so I'm struggling to find somewhere. Oh yeah, you see, so you got the flights, yeah, but booked flights. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you've been there a bunch of times. I've been there a bunch of times. Yeah. yeah. Why, what, why do you keep going back? What's the deal with Los Angeles? It's good food, good weather. I, I know some people out there, it's the home of movies, good beaches, kind of everything you want on a holiday. Yeah, I've never been West Coast. I've, yeah. I've worked for a, I've worked for an American company, but they've been East Coast. And I've oh. had a few opportunities to go over, but never never braced it. It's a long flight, right? I love it, man. Long it. flight, and a long flight with a little one. I know, yeah. That's the thing. We haven't done that yet. But <laughs> <laughs> this be his longest flight then? Has he uh, ever flown? He has flown, yeah, yeah. He's been to Dubai. He's been quite a few places, but that's, that's the, Dubai was the furthest. Dubai was like right. seven or eight hours. That's, it's ten hours. So I've, I find when when you're travelling with kids, the key thing is you've got to you've got to you've got to prep for the flight, right? So yeah. what can we do to keep him occupied? And you've got to think in chunks, especially a ten hour flight. Yeah. What we're gonna you know we've got, there's gonna be a couple of feeds, which I know he's a foodie, right? So you can. Yeah. Keep him occupied with food periodically. Yeah. But you need to think about, you know, lightweight puzzles. You need to think about iPad or something. The little board games, you know, magnetic board games, those kind of things can keep him occupied. Oh, yeah. But the key thing is just make sure you see him next to Steph and you sit next to Steph uh, and you're sorted. <laughs> it was really hard last time we went away. We went to um, Dubai and uh, I was watching a film and I'm really emotionally involved in the film. <laughs> and I was like, look, can you, can you just have it for like. <laughs> I was like, it was a really sad one. Uh, what was it called? Uh, Manchester by the Sea. It's a great, great film. But yeah, really sad film. And I was just like, I, I can't, I can't look after him now. <laughs> I'm an absolute mess. I'm stuck in it. Yeah, yeah. So that was bad, bad parenting. Um, but yeah, you're right. We have to proper plan it. He likes to run as well. He likes to run around. Because it's going to be a nightmare. What have we done? So I could send him up and down the aisles. And the wor- yeah, yeah. the worst thing. The worst thing with flying with a little one is if they just lose their shit. Yeah. And our kids, are, I think Kira done it once on one flight. And you know that parents get it. But you know people that don't have kids yeah. are just like, shut that fucking little brat up. Everyone Terrible else. parents. What yeah, the f- yeah, yeah. You know, 
why can't they just look after their little brat child? Like, I'm trying to chill out. This is a holiday for fuck's sake. Yeah, yeah. And you know it. You can feel it. You can feel the pressure, yeah. right? As 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 your kid is just going off on one, and well, you can't what, console them. That's what I'm worried about in LA. No one's got kids in LA. No one cares about kids in LA. That's it's like the one place where they just don't mm. think about that. But yeah, I've heard that when you get on the plane and you sit next to someone with a kid, and you can hear them go, "Oh God." <laughs> I, think, I think I might be one of them because I, yeah. I obviously don't have kids and I sat down with Lisa and um, I think there was about six, seven kids so I, I think they had um, their kids and their kids' friends with them oh god yeah, yeah. that, that yeah. was a fun flight kicking the back of the chair and that's what you don't, you don't want them behind you because mm. they will kick they will I and then they peer over. They peer over yeah. and they look at they look yeah, at some random. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you like stop staring at them. Yeah, yeah. And that dude and they're trying to eat their lunch yeah. or watch a video. Yeah. That's the and worst. the kids are just like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so funny. I, I always like before I had a kid, I found it really hard on my friends' kids because it's just like, like you don't know what to say. Like you don't know what sort of conversation. They just always want to talk to you, like, I don't know what to talk to you about. <laughs> So that might happen, I think. Yeah. And then you can be the creepy guy who likes kids, isn't it? You know, I, I don't really know how to play that card, right? You know, like when a, a little girl or a little boy is like staring at you, whether it be on a plane, what have yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, And you're like, you know, do a little wave and a smile. And you think, you know, I wouldn't be nice and have, make this kid feel happy. But at the same time, you're like, I, I could cross a line very you quickly. Too, yeah. Do you know what I mean, right? If, I, if I'm too engaged with this child, yeah. I'd be like, what's wrong with that dude, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why are you waiting on <laughs> yeah, so it's it's a balance map, and it should be fun. So how many how many yeah. weeks until LA? So about three three or four weeks. Yeah, I basically I basically had a tough gig, and then I was like, I need I need a holiday. And then the first thing I did was book a holiday. Right, that's uh, a good idea. Yeah. So yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. There's, there's some gigs. I'll probably do some gigs out there. Um, even though my wife will not want me to. But. How do you set that up? Is it you just got a couple of people that? Can yeah, you I, know, I know quite a few people out there. Quite a few comedians. Um, I don't like gigging out there. It's uh, I just want to have a holiday. Mm. But um, I kind of feel like I, I'm sort of addicted to gigging. I kind of have to keep keep doing it. Keep in zone. Is it? Do you find the audience is different out there? Yeah, it's very different. Just the style of comedy is very very different. Uh, you know, it's very sort of confessional and hard hitting and Louis C.K. and Bill Burr and talking about big issues. Mm. Whereas here. You know, you get a lot of comics sort of talking about relatable stuff, but it's sort of quite light. It's like talking about food and things we all do. It's not like, here, just giving up drugs, man. And everyone's like, whoa. I've, I've had that where I've been on and everyone's talking about giving up drugs. And, and I'm like, hey, so what's it like when you put the toast in the toaster? <laughs> <laughs> it's a gear change. So just, just the rhythm and... Yeah, it's all it's all very different, and and, and and I'm Jewish, and I talk about being Jewish, and so that in America, that's not a big thing, because over here I'm like, hey, I'm Jewish, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Whereas I've done it over there, and they've been like, yeah, I mean, most of us we're either Jewish or black. That's I mean, that's that's the comedy world. There's nothing new here. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's an interesting place to do it, and they don't, you know, they don't like jokes so much. I mean, it's different. The West Coast and the East Coast is also very different mm. as well. Um, you know, LA is a showcase town, so people go there to kind of to showcase. Yeah. In front of you know the biggest executive people in the world, you know, all the, all the big shots, and uh, they go there to literally get on TV or get in a big film. So uh, there's a lot of that going on. There's a lot of, sort of desperate actors doing comedy, but the people I think who really really love comedy are, are kind of in New York and places mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Interesting. So look, I think that's a good segue to. 
actually formally introduce you to the guys listening. Yeah. So, um, so you you obviously can uh, recognise my voice, Steve Katarzy, and got uh, Bryn Jenkins with me. But we've got a guest today, Joe Ball. So Joe is an established comic. Uh, has been doing the doing gigs for about twelve to fifteen years. Yeah. A very good one. Um, he's a creative by heart. Um, I know him personally. We actually went to school with each other, so hopefully you'll hear that through our discussion. Um, he's a writer, a producer, a director. Um, he's done uh, a stint within a social media company and has been operating on Facebook and social media platforms for at least five, six years, so really knows his stuff. But more importantly, as you've heard, he's a dad. He's a down-to-earth down to guy, and uh, he's normal, working through his own troubles and issues just like the rest of us and I thought it'd be good to get you on Joe um, really just to cool. get a different perspective on fitness and the journey of fitness as a as a middle-aged guy who's a middle-aged middle-aged is unfair isn't it mid-30s let's do it that way right. not there yet yeah. <laughs> But it's it just interesting to get another person's perspective outside yeah. of the fitness industry. Yeah. And, you know, kind of how you've been working it out. Yeah. So, Joe, anything else you want you want to add to that intro? Was that good enough? Did I did I play you up well enough? Yeah, you picked me up. I'd say I've been doing comedy for 12 years. Though. Okay. <laughs> um, you were funny back at school. Yeah, yeah. So, we went to school with each other. Yeah. Uh, we went to Ackland Burley, which yeah. is in Archway in North London. So we've known each other since we were 11, all right? So yeah. 24, five years, quite, yeah. quite some time now. It's a bit embarrassing how we became friends. Uh, I don't know, what, this doesn't paint me in the best light. <laughs> <laughs> By, uh, oh, it's really embarrassing. Actually. You've got to do it now. Okay. <laughs> Come in now. I was late to the school. I was late to the school, so... Um, As in, you went to a different school? I went to a different school, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was three, three weeks late. And... Um, yeah, I think I was desperate for friends. Like, gen genuinely went up to Steve and went, oh, I'll give you a pound if you stay with me. <laughs> I accepted the pound. He accepted the pound. <laughs> and, then, and then you... And then I don't you, think you did, though. I, I think, think I did. I think okay. I did. And then you, oh, lured really me, then you lured me in with those Pilot pens. The pens, the pens, yeah. Do you yeah. know those... Do you remember Pilot, the pen company? Pilot, no. He used to make all these gel pens. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Really nice pens. Good pen set. I liked them. And he had a lot of them. <laughs> so he used to bribe me with a little pen every once in a while or a set. It's yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, let's, let's get started with this kind of fitness journey. So okay. let's go back to the beginning. We're kind of there already, right? Talk me through and bring through your relationship with sport and generally training. You know, think yeah. back as a little youngster. Let's walk through to like your kind of teens. Like again, when you and I kind of got together and the kind of silly things that we'd done. Just kind of walk us through that to yeah. start with. Okay. I mean, I've, I've been doing sport from a young age. I've played football from like really young age. Played quite a high level of football, you know, up to semi, semi-professional semi at some point. Like I tra- trained at the Arsenal soccer school from like six, seven. So I was always kind of a- active. Uh, and then I, uh, when I went to secondary school and we, we started like, um, Sort of like I think we built a gym. Like you, you, you built a gym in your back. In living room, yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> Can I talk about it? Yeah, of course you can. Yeah. Yeah, in your shop. So your mum's shop. Your mum had a shop, flower shop. That's then, right. Uh, in in the Holloway. Back, in Holloway, and then in the back, you built a gym, and we used to go there. Uh, do you remember what we did? Do you know, kind of like exercise. You, yeah, but like, yeah. What did we do? 
Uh, we worked a lot of the pecs. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and you worked yeah. a lot of the abs. So, like, I just had pecs and, and you kind of just had abs. <laughs> Together, you're a complete body. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was a bit odd. And then we used to, like, because we were the only people who sort of worked out, we would sort of, like, any opportunity, we'd take our tops off at school. Um, this, is, this is kind of very embarrassing, this podcast. <laughs> Uh, Actually, I, I remember that. I remember when, um, you know, like right. there's like penny dropping moments or there's a moment when you realise things are changing. As a kid, right, if yeah. you're hitting the, the weights and no one else is, you're going to stand out. You know, you haven't grown massively. No. You've just got a little development more than the rest of them. And we were working out, right? I remember the gym that we had. Yeah. And I remember there was a guy called Danny, something or another. I can't remember his surname. Yeah. Anyway, I, I remember we were getting changed in the changing room. And he came up to me. He was a bit of a lad. He's coming. He said, "Steve, you got you know a decent chest, but your arms are scrawny as fuck." <laughs> and it was like one minute he like inflated me, yeah. made me feel good. The yeah. next minute was like, "All oh, right, I look like shit." <laughs> Gave you a bullshit sandwich, basically. It's exactly yeah. that. Exactly that. Yeah. But so we done that. We what 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 else? We you, you, had, you, had weight, you had weight sets at home, right? Yeah. What was you doing? Weights. Why was you doing it? Uh, I mean, you don't know a lot. The ladies. Yeah, impress the ladies. I think. Was it all about the women? Yeah. I mean, it was. It was football. Like I wanted to be good at football, but then you want to, yeah, you want to impress the girls. You, you don't really have a girlfriend at that. Age. I, I don't think a uh, big chest really helps with, with football. No, 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 yeah, you're absolutely right. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know why. I was just sort of doing bicep curls because I, I think I just seen it, and there wasn't the internet back then, so we just. I think I did buy a book on like exercises, so I just do those kind of press-ups. We all, you know, in school, sort of our press-up competitions and we used to go to your house at lunchtime and watch The Box and, uh, and do press-ups. The press Box, ups. the music station. Yeah, yeah music. I remember that. The, yeah, yeah. I think it was like the only, I think it was like MTV and The Box and that was it. Yes. Yeah, it was the Box. Uh, yeah. And Spice Girls, or, it was either Spice Girls or Damage. It was yeah. like, they'd be on all the time. Or uh, Backstreet Boys sometimes. <laughs> like, those are the three we, had a, we had a secret man crush on the, on the Backstreet, Backstreet Boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and your brother, uh, Michael, would he would, I forget how old was he? He was like 10 maybe? And uh, to like make it tougher for us when we're doing like press ups, we'd put him on our back and then like <laughs> do it that way, like use him as free weight. Use him as a weight. Yeah. I mean, just just think about yeah. this for a second, right? We're, we're at school, we're at quite a um, relaxed school. It's not as relaxed now, but from the first year that you would join in secondary, so at 11 years old, you were allowed to roam the streets at lunchtime. Like, schools don't normally allow you to yeah. do it. Literally at 11, uh, at 11 years old, at lunchtime, you've got an hour, do what you want. Go to the shops, do what, do what you want, go get yeah. your own food. You don't have to eat in, in the canteen. Plus, we didn't eat, uh, wear a uniform, right? So yeah. it was so relaxed, so mm. relaxed. Yeah. So we was it? So we had this little... hippie school. <laughs> we had this little thing, like, well, should we just go around the mine? We could just make our own food. So we went round to mine, and this is within an hour, right? You've got an hour. We've we, yeah. taken 10, 15 minutes to walk back to mine. Mm. We'll go and make ourselves a little crappy sandwich, and we'll do some press-ups <laughs> every day. <laughs> what the yeah. fuck was that about? I don't know. <laughs> a little process. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, just press-ups, right? Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then, then we had this little thing where it started to become popular. So then we had a few of our mates around, right? Like Mark and Jason yeah, yeah. and that. And uh, we do press-ups <laughs> together. And then okay. I remember we had this little thing of like, not just doing press ups, but doing the caterpillar. Do you yeah, remember? Yeah, yeah. You know the, 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 the dance move, yeah? Where you've got to like hit the, fl- you've got to jump into the air, 
go down, kind of into a press up, and then lift your body up and do this kind of like, like wavy camera. It's like a dance move, yeah. And if you can do it, it looks great. Like I would just flop and then just crash yeah, onto the floor. Yeah, if you mess them up, it's a face flop for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and we, we we're on the we're on Maisonette, so underneath there was a there was an old lady who really didn't like the fact we were a noisy family above. So <laughs> she just hears these fuds as Joe just crashes onto the floor. <laughs> she had a tough. She must have had a tough time. I remember your sixteenth birthday where we used to where we where we all got drunk and you were sick down the side of the house. You sick down the side. Yeah, I lost my tooth as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a bit it like a Friends cool. where you got pressed downstairs a broom hitting the yeah, ceiling. Yeah. It's very much like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what else? What else in those kind of like teenage <laughs> years? What else around fitness was it? What were your goals back then? Think about if yeah. you think about the body you wanted or the fitness. Just wanted what a six you, pack. It was just a six pack. I just pack. wanted a six pack. I, I could never get a six pack. Just because I, I used to eat. Thinking back, my diet was really bad. Like, not going to go at my mum, but uh, <laughs> she, I would just, I, in hindsight, like, what I was eating at home wasn't good. I'd have a lot of like potato and cheese, like uh, shepherd's pie, a lot of that sort of stuff. And like just sugary drinks. Not, 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 not like fizzy, but like. Orange juice, had a lot of orange juice. You had that, you had that sweet cupboard. There was that sweet I used to cupboard. raid every time I come over, right? <laughs> yeah. And I guess that was quite hard to just exactly. you know, ignore, right? Yeah, yeah. It was wrapped. I think it's hard. Like I, I, I'm a Jew, and, and 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 there is a big culture among Jews to like eat. You know, it's mm-hmm. a big. It's a bit like Greeks. You know? Yeah. Um. So I, I, yeah, it's quite hard to get a six pack if you just <laughs> wanted to eat the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And who was? Did you have any? Inspiration, whether it be people, oh, okay, there we go. Didn't even need to finish my sentence. (laughs) (laughs) No, I wouldn't say Peter Andre is an inspiration, but uh, (laughs) visually, I remember he had a he had a great six pack and a good chest as well. Right, it was a good combo. He looked good. Yeah, in in the mysterious girl video. All the girls at school used to like him, didn't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Do you remember when I wore my wore my black anorak and I looked like a binman? <laughs> he had terrible. He had terrible fashion sense. He had terrible. He would take risks, like big risks. Like, <laughs> yeah, that. Has it, has it changed now? That jacket was great. I mean, yeah, it hasn't changed. It was so funny. So in this Peter Andre um, era, you know, he I don't know if you remember, but he used to like do his concerts and he'd wear like some form of like anorak that would be quite long and. Like over his yeah. over his torso, and he wouldn't have a top underneath. So you'd like open up the top, you'd see his like greased up six pack yeah. on with this like kind of anorak. So I kind of got inspiration through that. <laughs> and <laughs> and our school didn't have a uniform, so you got you got to think about it, right? Every day, not only you got you going through all these hormonal changes, and you're like this adolescent kid who's just raging for the testosterone, <laughs> just wants to hump everything. But you've got you've got to you've got to look the part. And every day is a fucking fashion show for for the kids who wanted to impress. And that's I how want, you saw it. And see, so, yeah, I yeah. come in wearing all sorts. I remember <laughs> once we had Mr. Henley. We was in a geography session. Yeah. And I think I wore red uh, Versace trousers. Yeah, I remember that. And a red anorak. Yeah. And wow. and he said, "Fucking hell, Steve, you look like a fucking smart ketchup today." <laughs> and I hadn't realised it until he said it. Yeah. <laughs> Some silly well, you, you took it really seriously. The designer clothes was quite. You know, you were quite serious about that. Like, I remember the first job we had, I think it was work experience, and they gave us, like, I think it was like £100 a week. Uh, and you went out and you're like, I'll get some Versace's. 
So that's what. That's and what they had like 120 quid for a pair of jeans. Yeah. And and I was wearing them to school. That was my yeah. that was my uniform. It was an expensive, expensive uniform. Taste, then, yeah. But you were doing the same. You were wearing your Versace. Yeah, you encouraged me. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. We used to get Ralph Lauren Versace. Yeah. That's why, right. why, so. And then the moody stuff, where we'd buy the fake stuff and regret it afterwards. Yeah, I got into a, I got into, like involved with a gangster. Do you remember that? <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah. We, we went to, we had a, oh my God. We went to this uh, estate near me. Uh, not like estate, posh. Um, uh, like rough estate. Because this guy, we knew this guy. It was a guy in our class, I can't say his name. But Jason. His, yeah, Jason. His uh, brother-in-law had all this moody gear. Uh, had like loads of Ralph Lauren, but it's, you know, it wasn't Ralph Lauren. Which we only realised after buying it. And uh, yeah, we went down there. It was a bit odd when you think about it. And you were like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell him." I was like, "Don't tell him, mate. Just leave it." <laughs> and you, you sort of went, "No, this is not. This is not." I think we okay. got our money back. I think we did. I think we brought them home, and parents were like, "What's this shit that you've just spent X on?" <laughs> I mean, this is clearly not the stuff you thought they were. Yeah. And then that awkward phone call to the gangster. It's front of your mum. Yeah. So yeah. can I can I come back and get a refund? <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, anyway, so okay, yeah. so that's that's the kind of teenager years. Yeah. So then click into your twenties. I also I got some weird I remember like I used to get all the gear, I used to get, you know, not not just like dumbbells, but odd contraptions. So I remember I had like a slender tone. Oh yeah. And like I had this thing where you just push in front push to your belly. Uh and I had like the rocking Yeah, uh, do you mean the ab wheeler? Yeah. Ab wheel, yeah. Ab wheel. That's like any control. What were those rocking app things called? Do you remember what they were? They were like that frame. little cradle where you hold yeah, the frame, frame yeah. and then you do your crunches on that. Yeah. They've can't gone out of fashion, yeah. haven't they? I tell you yeah. what, they absolutely killed, didn't they? Yeah. You sit there and do a hundred of those. It worked. And then I had the ramp thing, which they have in gyms now. You know. The what? It's like a ramp, you know, where you lie. So you put your feet up. Put your feet up, yeah. Right, so you're on a decline bench. Right. And you've got your feet stuck up on the top. Yeah. And then you're kind of doing crunches on a on an incline uh, okay yeah. but now you realise all you have to do is just eat less potato just yeah, I should, just should have just eaten less potato yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would be a lot easier right? yeah <laughs> so what was you doing what were you doing work wise in your 20s so after uni I um, I, I worked in the school that I went to for a bit and then uh, and then I got a job as an animator uh, for a year before I started doing stand up yeah but stand up is a uh, is the worst job to do if you want to be healthy because you're on the road, you're in bars every night. You know, I think typically every stand-up puts on weight in their first year, like a lot, noticeably. Mm. And then nowadays you start seeing people who have been doing it for 12 years, 10 years, they start getting lean now because they realise that they don't look like they used to look, you know. Uh, How often were you doing shows then? So I would you try you, you encourage to do shows like three or four nights a week. So yeah, typically three or four nights a week. Really? Okay. Um, yeah. So in, in bars and and yeah, having a bad diet. Traveling around and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But did you did you try and, and be healthy when you were on the road, or did you just forget about all that? Uh, yeah, you kind of you kind of forget really. I I, mm. I always play football. I and I always go to the gym, but my diet has always been bad. Yeah. I never really got into alcohol that much, but through stand up, you can't help it. Really. Yeah. 
Yeah. And did you have a gym membership throughout most of your 20s? I've, I've always had a gym membership, pretty much. It's funny, isn't it? Yeah. Like, we all do, right? You're, yeah. You're, you feel this obligation yeah. to be part of a gym. Yeah. And then go like twice a year. <laughs> yeah. Normally, I, I've, on the whole, I've been quite good. Like, I, I do I do go every week. Um, I mean, I don't... I, I, went, I went with my wife the other day, and uh, she was like, you don't... You don't do enough in the gym <laughs> like when I'm there I think I'm, I'm quite chilled about it all. <laughs> <laughs> I probably don't make the most out of it chilled is definitely the wrong mentality when you go to the gym yeah yeah just go to chill out so when, when your career was taken off and um, like with anything that you're trying to get good at you you, yeah. you, you can get um, infatuated by it right you know get yeah. quite maniacal about you know getting yeah. better getting greater feedback progressing mm. And if it's something you're getting a lot of feedback on, I guess that's where a lot of your energy goes, right? Plus, it's a demanding, high travel, away from home a lot, unsociable hours. Did did that mean that um, whether it be your ideal body or whether it be just optimal fitness or whatever it is that in your mind was a good place to be from a kind of health perspective, was that not much of a priority as you were kind of ramping up your career? Uh, it, it became less of a priority. Like I, I, I was playing high level football, uh, up until the time I left university. So it was kind of, t- with taking football less seriously, and taking comedy more seriously. I think inevitably, I, I instantly put on a stone and not a good stone. Uh, <laughs> if that makes sense. Well, when you started going, started when I doing the gigging. Started doing gigging. Yeah. Okay. I remember someone saying that. Yeah. So were you? So was that the aim originally to become a footballer, and then was there something that changed that that made you want to become a comedian? Yeah, I mean, I did football. I think, um, and I played at high level, but I never really. I never really got fit. I think I was never, I was never incredibly fast. I played centre midfield, and that's the position everyone wanted to play. Yeah, so you have to be like super fit. Yeah, and I was, definitely. you know, I was up and down. I had good endurance, but I was never like fast. Uh, so I quickly became aware that I, you know, wasn't going to be, you know, amazing at football. Um, but yeah, I wanted to sort of stay fit and look, look okay. Mm. Um, but yeah, you can't help it. And when it, I think it's also about the people that you're around. You know, my friends and um, my colleagues. You know, they weren't in the best shape. So you can't help but sort of compare yourself. Uh, benchmark against them. And yeah. Use them as a benchmark. I'm okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. Good, I'm good enough. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Okay, the, I can around you makes a huge difference, doesn't it? I think so. Environment. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, us being friends at school, that helps because we pushed each other, I think. We're, yeah, we're, we're somewhat competitive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we were friends, but we wanted to beat each other all yeah, the time, yeah. right? But that was great for, like, GCSE. We've got great GCSE yeah. friends because of that. And then you went off and done this random thing that I couldn't even contemplate doing, which is comedy, right? The the balls you needed to take to go do that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as a reflect back when we were in the later stage of secondary school, I could start seeing that flair come out. I remember, I remember a few, like, specific moments where you would just crack the class up. And I was like, yeah, that, that, that clicks. Like, when you started doing it, it made sense. But the That's idea to leap from someone who's, yeah. you know, you wasn't... You know the alpha male at school, no. and you know, and therefore you don't associate like a, a middle of the road kid, yeah, yeah, to go off and do something which is putting yourself out there. 
yeah. much as you do with the confidence you assume you need as doing stand up, right? Because you've got to mm. you've got to be pretty steely. You've got to have the confidence to deliver. You've got to be funny. You've got to be casual, but at the same time, you've got to own a stage. It's it's a yeah. big deal, and I, I would assume there's a lot of kid, a lot of the kids who we went to school with were very impressed by that leap you took. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's weird though. It's not. It's sort of about confidence. It's also I felt very comfortable doing stand up. I felt um, uh, at home on the stage. Like I'm not alpha, and I don't know. I don't like seeing alpha people on stage. You know, I'm quite. Um, I'm just, I think I'm just a normal bloke and I think a lot of people identify with that and that's why I kind of, it works sometimes, sometimes, most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to think of that terrible gig I did the other day. Um, but yeah, I think it works partly because of that, because I'm a, I'm a normal bloke. Um, whereas I think, yeah, you don't really want to see someone who's like a bit too confident or a bit too alpha on stage. So I'm sure that is, can be funny, mm. you know. Uh, I never planned to do stand-up. And I was never like, I don't believe I'm the funny one. Like, But I think, it basically just came about because I was writing film, funny films and, and, and a film went out there and, and people were laughing about it and I thought, oh, I, I can write funny. You know, um, I think I watched a lot of comedy. We used to watch a lot of comedy. So I think I know what, I studied comedy uh, and I know kind of what makes people laugh, I think. But then, you know, I still get surprised, you know, sometimes people laugh at some new, some of my new jokes and some people don't. Or you, or you still get surprised mm. by what people laugh at. Yeah. Who's your favourite comedian now then? Um, there's a guy uh, who's, who's sort of, um, you may know a guy called James Acaster, who's um, kind of a comics comic who's sort of unique and kind of like, a, I mean, he won't mind me saying he's like a sort of confident geek and, and he's... Um, you know, talks about really interesting subjects, you know, things that people, everyone can relate to, but also has a really interesting angle. Mm. Um, he's, a, he's amazing. He's been nominated, I think, for the Edinburgh Award four or five times in a row. Um, he's got some Netflix specials coming out. So he's, he's kind of generally perceived as like, you know, the guy to watch at the moment. Yeah. Um, is this someone you know personally or is it just someone you Yeah, went to the most. We started around the same time. Oh, well. okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he's a really nice guy. Brilliant at what he does. So it's really, it's great when you see, you know, people, your friends doing really well. Mm. You know, it's part part of you is kind of like, oh, you know, we, we did the same gigs. Oh, you know, I kind of could be doing that. Um, it's part of you always. There's always a bit of that in the back of your mind, but it's just so fun watching. You know, turning on TV, I watch a lot of TV, and you, you see your mates, people you work with. Yeah, that's really cool. What does your mum? Your mum and your dad. How do they perceive your career? Are they are they fans? Do they do they get it? Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I do. So there's two strands to what I do comedy wise. I do me on stage, and I do a character who's this posh explorer. And my mum has openly said, "Yeah, I prefer your character," um, <laughs> <laughs> which is weird. Yeah, I prefer when you're someone else, Joe. Um, <laughs> my dad, my dad, he, he's very supportive. They, they both come to shows, you know. Um, and they're very supportive of it. Financially, I think they would prefer that I was doing something a bit different sometimes. Because uh, it's not as reliable as like a nine to five, you know. Um, but they, they, I think they enjoy what I do. They like what I do. It's tough because comedy, stand-up comedies can be seen as quite lowbrow. It's not something that my, my parents or my mum's quite posh. So it's not, it's hard for them to sort of, she doesn't understand that world really. 
just sort of half sort of sitting there like, oh, where's the, you know, where's the safety curtain or the, the, the half-time ice cream? She sort of <laughs> used to go to the theatre more than a stand-up gig, I think. But I think they're very supportive, yeah. And the, the reason I asked about y- y- your mum in particular is you spoke about, you know, being Jewish and... Um, yeah. Their appreciation for food, right? Wanted to yeah. always wanted to feed you, feed you up, like very yeah. much the same with the Greeks. Yeah, yeah. Um, what has your relationship with food been like, and how much of that can you take from, or you have you inherited from your mum and just generally your family? It's interesting. I'm doing a show at the moment called A Room with a Jew, uh, touring uh, very soon. Uh, <laughs> And that's a kind of it's it's a kind of it's kind of evolved that show. It, it's meant to be kind of about my life and the relationships in my life. It's kind of been a lot about my mum, my relationship to food, um, which there is a real culture there in um, of of kind of yeah of this respect for food. Uh, I remember when I, I worked at a, a weight loss camp in America, a fat camp, and my mum would be like every day she'd be like, "Are you eating?" Are you eating? I mean, that's a typical Jewish thing. Are you eating enough? Hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's it's quite a big it's quite a big thing. I think you, you inherit. I think you inherit your parents' attitude to food. And well, how, certainly, I have. And yeah. how much how much uh, good nutritional guidance do you think you inherited? And 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 I don't yeah. mean that in a judgmental <laughs> way. I just think yeah. we we as a society are evolving to understand what what is good and bad, and we didn't really have that understanding. Or at least I wasn't exposed to it when I was a kid. Do you feel that you got given much direction in terms of what's healthy and what's not, and has that changed? I think it's constantly drilled into you that you've got to have a balanced diet, that you've got to have veg, you know, just the basics. Yeah. Things like carbs were sort of becoming more aware of, I think. Um, but you you're always told you got to have carbs, protein, veg. You know, it's, it's, you're sort of aware of it, and you know that you're not supposed to have, you know, a lot of dessert. But you know whether I do that is another thing. But yeah, I, pre- I mean, I, I pretty much eat how my how my family eats. I think you know we're all a similar shape, my family, and I, th- I think that's because of attitude. And I think you see that with a lot of families, they tend to be, you know, not, I don't know if this is like generalizing. Yeah, it is generalizing. But I think families tend to be the yeah. same sort of shape, don't they, because of their attitude to food. That's interesting. Do you agree with that, Brent? Yeah, definitely. You see it a lot, don't you? Especially especially when you're on holiday and stuff you see families and they, they do all, you can tell whether they've got a healthy or an unhealthy lifestyle yeah but yeah. You're in the same house, if you live in the same household or culturally you've grown up a certain way then you know you're going to be the you know you're going to take that on aren't you yeah I'm, I'm the healthiest in my immediate family I mean I go to the gym more uh, but I'm fighting that attitude I think um, as I said like a lot of potato you know <laughs> Um, potatoes are bad. We're not going to villainize potatoes. Okay, sorry, potatoes. But, potatoes but if you if you've been reading my blog, yeah, if you've been yeah, reading yeah. my blog, you'll see that I'm a big fan of the sweet potato man. Yeah, yeah. You know, bring that into you. That it's so nice. You have it like every yeah. day, don't you? And, and yeah, Michelle yeah. has just got super creative. Right? She's made it yeah. like 15 different ways. Yesterday okay. we had salmon with sagaloo, but with sweet potato replacing white potato. Ooh, so we had spinach. Mm-hmm. Sweet potato and some goat's cheese nice. with some salmon over the top of that and some mushrooms and broccoli. Mm. Delicious. Yeah, that's sweet potato. Nice. And sweet potato's got less calories than white potato. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can't eat as much of it because it's a little sweeter. 
yeah. and it's got a lower GI um, glycemic index, yes. which means that when you eat it, your blood sugar doesn't spike as much and doesn't plummet as much. Okay. And that spike and plummet creates one, the kind of tiredness initially, and then creates the hangriness very quickly after you've eaten. And this idea you eat and then two, three hours later, you're, yeah. like, you're starving again. That's usually because your blood sugar levels are just undulating so much that you can't control it because you're having these foods that kind of process really quickly and they spike up the glucose level in your blood and then they drop and plummet yeah. and you kind of feel that energy drop. Well, I, su- I suppose, sorry Steve, I suppose when you're on tour, when you're going around, your yeah. nutrition's yeah. quite important, isn't it? Because yeah. what you eat beforehand, if you get that slump when you're on stage, I can imagine that's going to affect your performance. Yeah. Is that I, something you take in consideration at all? No, not really. Um, I mean, it's just, it's just really hard. If I was disciplined, the disciplined ones, the very, very few disciplined comedians have, you know, they carry a container of, of healthy food around. Yeah. But it's so hard. I mean, one of the hardest things, and I think, I don't know if Jamie Oliver's been trying to sort of encourage it, but service stations need to do healthy food. Oh, oh they yeah. do, don't yeah. they? All the gangsters and stuff like that, yeah. shit that they yeah. package, stuff that was yeah. cooked like weeks ago that they've got in a fridge. Yeah. It's just rubbish. Luckily, there's a lot of MSs on the road now. Yeah. yeah. True. Which give you, yeah, a little bit more. Yeah, and then I guess that's what you're doing, right? So being a road warrior, out, out on the road for maybe hours for like a 20-minute gig, you're not going to need to eat before and afterwards. Mm. Yeah. And you're typically in, in service stations just picking up whatever's available. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and, and also, because I try, not, even when I try not to drink, my problem is fizzy drinks. Even if I have a Diet Coke, I know that's still quite bad for you. Um, and, and I think that's a little bit in response to when I was... Uh, living at home my mum wouldn't let us have fizzy drinks and I think oh, your really? instant response is mm. I'm going to get as soon as you leave home you're like so you so didn't have I didn't, I didn't realise that I actually remember you had quite a lot of juices you, you, lot she of juices. didn't buy Cokes and stuff like no, that no we never had Coke no. whereas my family that's, we, we lived off Coke and so yeah, like yeah. it was like always in the fridge you never have a meal without having a Coke oh really okay and now I can't remember the last time I had a fizzy drink it's, it's kind of it's yeah, kind of funny you kind of pull away from what maybe you can even you continue with it or you rebel and you say you can't maybe have this kind of I got so excited when I left home I was like Oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sort of in the middle. We never had it in the house, yeah. but it wasn't because we weren't allowed it. My mum just didn't buy it. Okay. So I would, I would have it, but don't have it, the like, taste for it, maybe. Yeah, but I just, I didn't have that rebellious side to me that was going, oh great, I can have it now. But yeah, yeah. then again, I didn't have the taste for it. Didn't have it at home. So now I don't really drink it. So yeah, it's my kids, can't, that. my kids can't drink it. Oh, like okay. they literally can't have a fizz. Well, they don't drink. Like, because we've never really given it to them. They're right. like in a seven and five, oh, almost eight and five now. They've never had a fizzy drink. And every once in a while, we'll test them. We'll say, well, have a little sip of this. And the face, that scrunched up face, of like, oh, wow. that's disgusting. And it's all like, you know, it's all, they say it's spicy or it's tingly. And they hate it. So if they go to McDonald's, they love a McDonald's. Mm. They'll go and have a hamburger or a cheeseburger or a, uh, nuggets. But they'll never have the fizzy because yeah, they yeah. just don't have the taste for it. And that's... I'm blessed mm, that they right. don't have a taste. And they probably will find it when they start becoming more socially, you know, aware of what the other kids are doing and wanting to kind of do the same. But yeah, they just don't, don't I think get I, it. I think I heard somewhere that you build your palate in the womb. So whatever your right. mum's eating, the baby will start getting accustomed to certain okay. foods and things like this. Because yeah. you're saying there that your your kids they just don't have the taste for it. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you can. You know, it's like. The first time I drank beer, like back 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 in the day, I sneak oh. a, I sneak a beer out of my mum's little yeah. cupboard, bring it up in 
in my room, in my little room, it, it, it was tiny, mm. but it was on the top floor of this little amazing area. Yeah. So I could hide loads of shit. And at one stage, I don't know how it happened, I had a little fridge in my room, tiny little room, I had a fridge. So I remember one, one day I'd go into my mum's little cupboard and I'd take one of these little Heinekens, whatever, mm. a tiny little Heineken, stuck it up in my fridge. And then late at night, I cracked it open, fizzed it open. Right, I'm going to drink a beer, you know, by myself. I just wanted to try what a beer was. It was fucking horrible. <laughs> it's yeah. like, yeah. no, what, what, what's wrong with these people drinking this stuff? This is shit. Yeah. Literally had a sip and that was it. But now, I can, I can drink beer. Yeah. You, know, you get accustomed, right? You, yeah. you change. I remember right. when I first started drinking beer and I, I was with my friends and I, I just couldn't drink it. And I had to secretly keep pouring it away without yeah. it looking because I just couldn't couldn't stomach it. It's weird, you sort of force yourself to like it. Yeah. My, my boy loves chocolate and I've had to say to him, no, that's adult chocolate. And that sort of works at the moment. Yeah, okay. That's for adults. That's the only way I can And he doesn't, he doesn't have it if you say it's for adults. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's kind of great. And he's basically doing that with everything. Right? That's not going to last long, man. No. He's going to call on soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the last thing we, we'll talk about before we then talk about like the here and now is as, as you... You say you've been going to the gym most of your life, right? Always a gym membership, always, you know, yeah. clocking in a couple of times a week. Don't reflect on now, reflect on your 20s. Did you, have any, did you have any guidance? Did you have, like, personal trainers? Did you get any programming advice? What was what was you doing when you were going to the gym? You just turning up and just using the random machines, or did you have a plan? So, uh, in my sort of, yeah, 20s... And then kind of before that, I would just do cardio, a bit of cardio and then, and then some weights. When you say um, weights, mostly, mostly the machines. Mostly machines. Yeah. The pec machines. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Was it, was that the pec deck? The one where you kind of pull it in? Peg deck. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. the pec deck. Yeah. I used to just use that. <laughs> just have boobs. Um, <laughs> I remember, I remember, you, I remember you could do the pec dance and I was very, very, I was very, um, Jealous of the fact he could move his packs involuntarily and just yeah. sit there and just like, pack, you know, bounce them up. And I think yeah. you could even grab a pencil between your boobs. I was yeah. like, I was, I was like, I was, it was, it was just, it was just that competitiveness. I look at that going, I need to boost, up, I need to yeah. boost up my boobs, man. I can't do this. Still sort of do it a bit. For the audience, he's bouncing his boobs right now. <laughs> But, uh, so yeah, it's a training program. So training, and then, and then th- I, I, I've had times I've had a personal trainer. I've got one at the moment. Um, and I would, yeah, uh, it's more intense. Obviously, it's more intense. So and they would program cool. for you. They would say, okay, here's your day one, day two, day three. Do these things. Or mainly, it was just just when we we're in the gym, just mainly core intense core exercises. Okay. Uh, and also, I never wanted to do an hour. Uh, I always normally do half an hour, just kind of intense. Uh, I had, so one year I did a show because I was like so desperate to get a six pack. I thought I'm going to write an Edinburgh show called In Search of the Six Pack. So I thought that'll force me to get it. And I got a personal trainer and I you know, did the thing of taking a photo every every month. And uh, I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. Even, even when, you know, I uh, I did a show and, I, you know, people were coming to Made it very public. You made, made it very public. Mm-hmm. I still couldn't do it. Because really, really, you're, Abs are built in the kitchen, man. Well, yeah. What were your struggles then? Would you say it was nutrition then? Is that what's holding you back? I think it was. I think in hindsight, yeah. It was just the attitude to food, really. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the fizzy drinks. You know, I, I know as soon as I stopped drinking alcohol, that helps. And as soon as I stopped drinking fizzy drinks, that really helps. Yeah. 
Um, it's really, it's really just that. Yeah, well, I, I always say it's not the one hour you do in the gym or half an hour. Yeah. It's the, you know, it's the other 23 hours of the day, isn't it? And yeah. having to change your nutrition and stopping the fizzy drinks, that's probably the hardest bit yeah. for you, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I've never had a nutritionist mm. or I've never been strict on my diet. And I mm. think that's probably, yeah, I know, I know that's probably the reason why. Um, and yeah, I just, I've started, I know as soon as I start playing football more, uh, like recently, I started playing, you know, uh, at quite a high level again, and just not quite being fit enough really annoys me. Mm. Um, Are you a solo gym goer, or do you like to go with a buddy? I go on my own. Recently, I started going with my wife, um, just because she, you know, after having a baby, she wants to, you know, get fit again. Um, but yeah, normally I go on my own. I like going with someone else. That, I mean, do you, do you help. like that accountability of someone showing up? So you got to show up, you know, the competitiveness, pushing each other, yeah. or do you like to stick your earphones in and just do your own thing? Uh, either, really. I, just, I like company. Um, uh, I like having a personal trainer just because they, they'll force me to kind of push myself a bit more. Mm. That accountability. Yeah, yeah. So do you, so you like the personal trainer and the session you have with <laughs> them, or you like the personal trainer because they can guide you towards doing the sessions by yourself? It's more show up and beat you up. Yeah, I mean, I know, I know what I'm supposed to do. I know all of the exercises you can do yeah. in the gym, but I need to be, I need someone standing over me. Right. Okay. Going mm-hmm. one, two, three. I know, I know. That's what I need. Uh, we're we're all we're all different, right? And mm-hmm. and some yeah. people are driven very very much internally. You know, they can tell themselves what they want to do and their standard, their internal standards in themselves is enough. They don't need, they don't need anyone else asking them what to do or showing up with them. Yeah. They'll just do it. It doesn't make them a stronger person. It's just the way they're wired. Other people, yeah. they're driven by meeting external standards. People, the standards or expectations others have of you. So maybe your wife has of you or your, your friends have of you or, or your industry. And, um, some people are drawn more to fulfill the needs of others than their own. So if your own need isn't strong enough and loud enough, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. without that external accountability, you don't show up or you don't show up and play as hard. And I and, and I can understand that. I mean, that's kind of, you now know that you work best when someone's expecting something from you. I think so. Yeah, I think if I had to get a six pack, I probably would. I think if my wife said to me, I'm going to leave you if you don't get a six pack, I probably would get a six pack. <laughs> I would, sorry, she's listening, I would. <laughs> <laughs> so then let's, let's, let's talk about the here and now there, right? Because we have been dipping into that. Yeah. So, so mid-30s, long, long career, you know, some, you know, experimentation on where you take the rest of your career. Yeah. Um, you know, you're, you're a dad now, two years old. Two years old. Two years old, two-year-old uh, little boy, beautiful child. You know, just general pressures of, you know, mortgage and keeping things together and, and a job which isn't a nine to five and therefore, the, you know, the income isn't always steady, right? You've got to manage yeah. that process. So different pressures. I've got a couple of questions. One, do you have the same goals now that you did when we were working out at lunchtime yeah. doing our press ups? Yeah. And two, have you noticed your body giving up on you or breaking down or just signs that yeah. you're getting older. Yeah. I, I really like a chair now. <laughs> yeah. I would never, you'd never say that as an 18 year old. Would you be like, oh, I love a chair. 
Um, I, love, I just love a sit down on a comfy chair. Um, I, uh, I've noticed playing football, like, um, I get a bit, I get a bit like, a, like not dizzy, but just a bit like, oh, just a bit tired quicker um, n- nowadays. And just, a, I can't quite move in the same way on the football pitch that mm. I, I used to be able to. It, like, must, it, must, that, it must take something away from you when you're like, I used to be able to do that. Yeah, that really annoys me. Yeah. But, I, you know, I'm accepting that. Um, and uh, and I just don't move as much. Um, what but, what about what about things other than just movement? I mean, like I've I've had skin issues. I've had um, you know some kind of like digestion issues and things which are really just an expression of age, right? As your body's getting older, yeah, you, the the youthful side of you would fight and hide anything that any problems because you're there to you know, procreate, you're there, you know, the energy there just masks any kind of ailment you have. But as you get into your 30s, you know, notionally, from an evolution perspective, you've now created, you've now done what you needed to do, and your body starts winding down slowly, and you can control it, it starts to express its age by mid-30s. I definitely knew as soon as I clicked into 30, you know, started putting on weight, struggled with um, psoriasis, struggled with like dandruff, struggled with digestion, digestive issues to some degree but it started coming out and it was like fuck it was like everyone kept saying to me wait until you're 30 it's all going to catch up on you yeah. now when you're a kid and you, everything you eat nothing goes on you and you're an ectomorph and blah 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 wait until you're 30 and lo and behold clicked into 30 and I started seeing I was struggling with things that never ever were part of my life before do you have any anything like that that you can think of like ailments or my, issues my hairline is not <laughs> good uh it just annoys me i mean i'm not bald but um it's just annoying it's just like uh man i'm not looking forward to turning 30 <laughs> it literally happens at 30 it literally happens where you i would really like my hairline at 29 um <laughs> so yeah i'm just trying to i mean the hair i used to go to the hairdressers and be like you know yeah do whatever you want now i'm just like just don't just make me look less bald <laughs> Like that's that's the goal. <laughs> no. Uh, just, yeah. just spray paint a little just bit. Just spray though. paint a bit, yeah. Um, hair, body hair. I mean, as, that, as that just proliferated, as that just continues to you, grow. You get hair where you, where you don't want hair and you don't get hair where you want it. Like, it's just <laughs> out of control. <laughs> I hear you, man. I hear uh, it's so, it's just got this kind of like this it's kind of, of its own. It's it's just like this growing jungle, and every year you just get more hair on your back. Yeti, and yeti. and yeah. it's just like, what is the deal? Why can't it just like everything else? You get to a point of maturity, yeah. and then things stop. You think you're done. But the hair just keeps getting thicker and longer, yeah, and more dense. And you're like, come on, dude, man. Yeah, I've tried the waxing and and, and all of that. It's um, an experience, huh? Yeah, it's uh, it's not nice. But um, yeah, and also I never thought I would be this out of shape. Um, I thought I'd be more in shape at this. No, you're you're not in, you're not in bad shape, but for what you want, <laughs> yeah, it is, you, you wouldn't anticipate it. You'd be a little bit tighter, or a little bit firmer, or a little bit sl- it, slimmer. Is that is that what you're saying? Because you're not in bad shape. Slimmer, I think it's just a bit slimmer to be honest. Okay. And does it bother you at all? Yeah, it does. I have moments where I just uh, yeah, where it annoys me. And it affects you day to day, would you say? Yeah, I'd say at least once a day, I, I sort of touch my belly and go, oh, God. Um, so, yeah, at least, at least once a day, yeah. 
you do anything fun with your belly? Do you like do a little? Do you have your belly button talk or anything like that? <laughs> yeah, you always got to have a little play with it. Because <laughs> I, re- I I remember like it it especially belly fat. You know, because I've 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 definitely been bigger. You've seen those pictures, mm. right? And it kind of creeps up on you, right? Because it's not just something that happens over one day. Yeah. It's just a, it's over over a period of a couple of years, you kind of loosen up on nutrition, you loosen up on going to the gym. You see that, you know, the certain clothes don't fit as well and you just kind of ignore it. You put it outside our mind. But when your belly kind of gets to a certain size, you feel it leaning over your jeans and over your belt. And yeah. you can't... That that that's a that's a physical feedback, right? You feel it every time you you you, you that you feel that pressure, mm. and you can't ignore it. So I, re- I remember I remember pretty much every day, like you sitting down and you just clock yourself and go, oh, yeah. come on, man. I tell you when it hits you when you go on holiday, like, yeah, because we because we don't live in a sunny climate, so we don't I don't mm. see my body a lot. But then when you you got me by the pool and you look down, you're like, oh god. Um, I think that I think that those are the times whenever I go on holiday, I'm like I should have just worked a bit harder at this. Um, <laughs> this is when you see people panic like two weeks before their holiday. Oh, yes. oh no, I've got a holiday. Getting shape, holiday, yeah. exercise yeah, regime. Exactly, and that's when they go on these juice diets and they're you know yeah. doing the Joe Wicks hit videos and just yeah. trying to correct years and years and years of, of bad lifestyle in like two weeks ready for their holiday. So let, let's talk about that. Yeah. Have you have you done any over, over the last six or seven years? Have you done any Fairness. diets? Well, I, I, like I had this TV thing this week and, I, and I, my, that was a goal to kind of be fit for that. And then towards the end, I was just like, well, I am, I'll, I'll give up. Um, and uh, I, I have had moments where, you know, I'm about to do a film or a TV thing and, and wanting to kind of look good. So I have sort of uh, tried to do something about that. I've never really done a fad diet. I think I tried the 5-2. Um, so that's um, five days... What you, you can't eat your life for five days for two days. You kind of starve yourself. You basically. Nothing, yeah. yeah, I did it for five days. It's brilliant. <laughs> 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 uh, but I overdid it on the five days. <laughs> I went mental on the five days, and I think I like put on weight. <laughs> I got it a bit wrong. I, I never properly like I never proper read instructions or anything. <laughs> should you start with a two first? Yeah, I should have done the two. <laughs> Just it's measure. a very old you've got to choose the right days to do the two and yeah. I never got around to doing the two <laughs> uh. and so then the, the other part of that question was around um, your body goals for now so if you if you were now to describe what um, whether it be fitness or wellness or health is to you now what is the expression of fitness and wellness that you aspire to today um I want a six pack still. So that's uh, still a goal. He's still clinging it's, on to it's that. It's still sort of a goal. I know I'm probably never going to get it. Um, right, I, right. Is that is that a st- have you lowered your standard? Is it an aspiration, but you don't believe it, or I don't know. In the back of my mind, it's still it's still an aspiration. It's still a goal. I'd love to lose two stone. I think that's a. I think that's most people's goal. I'd love to lose two stone of fat. Um, uh, that's kind of it, really. Yeah, and, and I've. I've I've had I've been with personal trainers who've given me different approaches, you know, just doing weights or just doing cardio. But I know it's just being help being healthy with the food. Would you say would be you know going back to you getting a six pack? Would you say that's because that's more of a an external goal as opposed to as opposed to like an intrinsic sort of motivational goal? Because yeah. people are driven more by 
deeper rooted emotions as opposed to the more yeah. physical side of things. I think I'd also I want to be able to you know run a lot like do more on the football pitch. Mm. Um, and I, I know I know when I'm lighter like I think I'm about 14, 14 and a half at the moment. And I know that when I'm 12 and a half, I'm such a better player. So mm. it's just that, it's it, it's it's that I'm, I really visualise at the moment. Right. Um, being able to be better at football. So when, when you visualise that 12 and a half stone, Joe, <clears throat> is, that, is that really a footballer's body versus a bodybuilder's body or a Peter Andre now? I'm just trying to understand yeah. what, what, what the I- ideal body looks like for you. It probably is a footballer's body. I think I was probably wrong in... in Shooting Peter Andre. Peter Andre. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think we all were. Because yeah, um, a footballer's body, they're, they're, they're typically quite um, light up front, yeah. quite skinny, yeah. but they've usually got quite defined and muscular legs, right? Yeah, yeah. I think they've just got very low body fat. Yeah. I think mm. it's like 8% or whatever. They? And I think I'm like 20, 21%. <laughs> <laughs> have you measured yourself recently? Yeah, I have, yeah. You have? Yeah, yeah. How did you do that? My, my, my personal trainer did it. I had the one with the, with the little... Um, the calipers. Calipers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's, a, that's an interesting moment, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm officially obese. <laughs> uh, they yeah. are funny doing those calipers, and especially yeah. when someone else is doing it to you because they're just pinching yeah. your fat. Is that, fat. Is that yeah, most, yeah. It's the, the most vulnerable moment? Let's see how much bad stuff you've got on you. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> someone coming up to you pinching your fat. The belly was the worst because apparently I'm, I've got no fat in most places, but the, when they went to the belly, he was like, that's about 40. I was like, 40? Like, it, it ruined it for the rest. So I started having, uh, I've started having this apple vinegar thing. Oh, I've heard of that. Apple yeah, cider yeah, thing. Right. Apple cider, yeah. It's horrible. What, uh, um, what, why are you taking that then? Because he was saying that Sort of readjusts your uh, in, not insulin um, metabolism metabolism or, a bit yeah, yeah resets it a bit. Um, Michelle done that for a while. Mm, it's an apple yeah. apple cider vinegar or something yeah, like yeah. that. It's just rank. So yeah, it's horrible. But it's it, it's got it's about acidity. I think I yeah. think it's somehow trying to adjust yeah. your acidity levels in your body. And if you do it with a fast, it's probably the most effective. If you're just layering it on top of everything else you're eating, probably oh, yeah, don't I have much value. Before, like butter or croissant. <laughs> <laughs> you're probably not getting much benefit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep doing it, man. <laughs> <laughs> Keep doing it, yeah. Okay, all right. I think that covers it, Joe. Okay, Is there any, cool. anything else that you kind of wanted to touch on before we kind of close this up? No, it's been fun, man. Thanks. I feel like it's been some sort of therapy yeah. session. <laughs> do you feel? Do you feel after having this discussion, it's um. <clears throat> changing or aspiring you to think things through a little bit more or get a little bit more yeah. dedicated in certain areas I think it's, it's important to kind of reflect and, and step back and, and, and remember what your goals were because sometimes you do just sort of go through life and mm. without thinking about what you're doing um, and why you started doing it um, so yeah it's uh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to get on it and I, I would just say Joe it's um I see so many people who primarily primarily their goals are to lose weight, but they they know their goal, but then they, they then go and do a bunch of random stuff because they've not been guided effectively on how to get there. Um, for example, you see a lot of guys who would if they had to describe their body shape, they'd say, I want to cut the weight off and I want you know I want bigger chest, I want bigger arms. 
bigger means I've got to grow, right? So I'm going to have to build up muscle. And um, you'll then see that their actions towards their goals are spending almost exclusively all the time on the treadmill and doing some bullshit exercises that aren't really doing anything mm-hmm. and not eating enough calories to support their goal. And I think that's where maybe we, we can spend some time with you to go, okay, if your goal is X, let's ensure all your activities support your goal. Yeah. Your action should support your goal. Just keeping busy and doing stuff because it feels productive to do something could be counterproductive towards you getting what you want. So get really precise on what you want and then let's build a program around nutrition and what you do in the gym and what you don't do because some things are actually going against your aspirations. Yeah. And you can find you get you can get there quicker. And that's been my experience is once I, you know, working with Bryn, once he was be able, was able to guide me on, okay, let's get real clear on what you want. Okay, I know you like doing this thing, but that thing doesn't help you achieve that goal. Yeah. So can we drop that now? Can we stop yeah. that hour of cardio day because it isn't supporting where you want to get to? Sure. So that's the kind of thing that I think is usually missing. You know, you go get the gym membership, you have one or two PT sessions, yeah. and you just get busy using the machines that you feel comfortable using versus actually being deliberate on what you do and why you do it. Getting the, you know, the biggest bang for your buck when you're in the gym as well. Yeah. So you're not thinking, oh, I've been here for hours and I do you know, an hour of cardio and then do an hour of weights. Just go, what you know, what is the most effective thing that's going to move me towards my goal in the least amount of time? Sure. Because obviously that's it's a lot more motivating but yeah. the other side of it as well is is that you're you're actually doing like Steve said the actions in order to work towards that goal yeah yeah, yeah. Right, we won't we unpack that now but it's something we can talk about okay well listen Joe I really appreciate you coming swinging by and having That's this nice. chat it's been, yeah, it's been yeah. fun it's been reminiscent <laughs> um, love to have you on at another time yeah yeah um, see how you're progressing back with a six pack Back with a six pack, absolutely. We're going to stick and put it on video, man. Yeah. Where can people learn more about you, Joe? And what are you up to? Uh, so I've got a website, um, Joe Bohr, B-O-R, uh, and I'm doing a tour. Um, you can find out about the tour at scb/management.com. Okay, and the tour is when? Uh, the tour starts in oh god, a couple of weeks. Um, and uh, yeah, a couple of weeks being four, uh, 14th of February. Okay, uh, and running for how long? I'm doing Valentine's Day in, uh, less, less, in, in Leicester, in Leicester Festival. Uh, and it runs for yeah, about three three months. Wow. Uh, yeah, about 20 days all, all around the country. Yeah. You going um, all the way? Um, Scotland. Yeah, I'm doing Edinburgh, I'm doing the stand in Edinburgh, Glasgow. And Newcastle, and then uh, all the way down to Brighton, Brighton Comedia, and uh, yeah, all over. A lot of driving, uh, a lot of service stations. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of MLSs. And yeah. and for people that haven't found it, uh, you do some great little video clips of you and your son Milo in the car doing yeah, some really funny things. Where yeah. where can people find those little clips on YouTube? So I've got well, I've got a fan page, um, Joe Ball. Um, and on, on Facebook and uh, yeah I'm, I do it on Instagram as well Joe Bohr Comedian and, uh, and I've, got a, I've got a YouTube cool so just search for Joe Bohr and they'll find yeah. all your stuff across all the platforms Twitter Joseph Bohr uh, I'll just keep Joe, it interesting Joe Bohr I think <laughs> some <laughs> fucker already taken it yeah okay Joe great that is fantastic mate Cheers. okay um, 
if you want to learn more about what we're doing and get our latest blogs and articles, that's at adaptnation.io. Go to our Facebook page, Adaptnation, Instagram as well. Uh, we've got some stuff going on on YouTube as well, some interesting things, again, with Joe, so we'll watch out for that. Uh, that leaves me just to say, look, we're all about providing you with the tools and expert knowledge to help optimise your strength, health and mindset inside and out. Thanks, guys. Take care. We hope you enjoyed this episode, guys. And if you did, please do us a massive favour and give us a five-star ratings on iTunes. That helps with our search visibility and our ranking. Um, and whilst you're at it, tell a friend, tell a family member, tell someone who you think we may be able to help we, with some form of guidance as it relates to strength, health and mindset.